Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. So we're going to go beyond our limits in terms of being able to understand what prayer is all about. And I am a huge believer in prayer, and prayer means so many things. And Brian Knepp is joining us today from the Ethereum Society. And I may be butchering all of those words, and you're going to correct my enunciation of all that, Brian, in just a moment. Welcome to this program, Brian. Very good to be here, and thank you for having me on, Carol. Well, you know, we need you, and we need your guidance, and we need, uh, we need to understand how we can dynamically do prayer. And I work with people who are in dire situations, and I'm also very concerned about the dire situations that are surrounding us that are being caused by human beings. So for us to be able to reach into whatever realm to be able to pray and know that it's going to have an effect, well, Brian, first question out the door is, does prayer really work, and do you have examples of that? And all those questions are burning because first I need to introduce you. Everybody, Brian Knepp is from the Ethereum Society, but he also comes from a world of science and business as well. He's the author of Operation Earthlight, a fascinating book, which I, I read in one sitting, just kind of shaking my head in unbelievability and at the same time saying, yes, yes, this is so powerful. So it's going to be very interesting, Brian, to hear you talk about both the Ethereum Society and also Operation Earthlight, as well as your own background in prayer. I'd really like to start off, Brian, with that. What, how have you authenticated for yourself in your life and in your influence on this world that prayer is a powerful influencer? Well, um, I would say three, three main ways. <clears throat> um, the, the first way, which, which um, I, I use prayer uh, every day, um, the first thing is the feeling that um, I get personally while I am doing the prayer or right after I'm doing the prayer. Because you can really, um, and we might want to get into this later on in the, in the program, but prayer, you're, you're invoking a spiritual energy, um, which is all around us, coming from the sun. It's this tremendous power of, of, of love and prana. And you're sending it through yourself, through your psychic centers and your chakras, out to whatever destination you choose to have. And so as it's flowing through you, it's uplifting you and changing you and refining you and, and bringing you closer to um, the source. And so that's the first thing is, is the feeling that I get when I perform prayer. It's, um, it, it's transformative. So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two is spiritual healing is a form of prayer where you're, you're, you're getting this energy from all around us and you're sending it into a patient. And I myself have, have, have uh, helped people be healed. And likewise, I have felt tremendous healing from others as they give this to me. And that happens um, quite, quite often, uh, which we can get into more if you like. Um, the other one, uh, the last one, which is more of an impersonal prayer, which I saw dramatically happen in 2004 with Hurricane Ivan. And we, we actually have a device, um, a mechanism that stores prayer energy um, here at the Ethereum Society. And we release it when there's certain needs occur around the world. And one such need occurred in, in 2004 when Hurricane Ivan was approaching a direct hit, Category 5 hurricane, a direct hit onto Jamaica following Jamaica is going to hit the Cayman Islands and then, and then the mainland Cuba. And we released um, uh, a few thousand prayer hours, uh, which I can go into what that means, um, to be directed at this hurricane to um, move it away from uh, causing so much damage to people's lives as it was projected to do. And dramatically, um, if you go back and look at the, the hurricane track, it, it turned 90 degrees and missed Jamaica. And um, the, the experts in the hurricane um, tracking uh, service in Florida were flabbergasted. They say hurricanes don't do this. 
you had the, the mayor of um, Jamaica uh, say, God has blessed us with have a miracle this time. And so I've seen it's, it's a, it was a dramatic um, change in course of this hurricane. And it went on to miss the Cayman Islands and go through a very narrow gap between Cuba and um, uh, I think South America next to it. And it just it missed all these centers and finally hit, hit the United States in a, in a very unpopulated area in I think it was um, Louisiana. And it was it was to me it was just miraculous and just just was really and we've had many many other things but this was one of the more dramatic ones I would like to tell you about. Oh, that, those are just so moving. You know, Brian, I I study remote influencing and I do remote remote healing with you know with Reiki and other energies and I just believe in the power of prayer. I'm on my knees several times during the course of the day, both literally and figuratively. And when I'm with my patients, I am actually, I'm not telling them that I'm praying for them or I'm sending them healing energy in the course of our sessions, but I am. And then in between mm-hmm. the sessions, I am as well. And I remember way back in my training when Larry Dossie came out, an MD, uh, that actually Oh, I remember him. He did some good work for the government, didn't he? Oh, <laughs> that I don't know about. That's interesting. He uh, was. Fascinating. Larry Dossie has said one thing that really just changed my profession when he said, if prayer has been demonstrated to work, and in terms of empirical research, it has been demonstrated to work, then is it practicing malpractice if clinicians, physicians, and other clientele-based, service-based professions fail to pray? fail to pray for their clients, fail to pray for their patients. And that, that power, if you're practicing malpractice, if you are not using an effective form of intervening on behalf of your clients, that transforms. Those strong words. I, I, oh. I agree with those. Sure. Okay. So walk us into this. It, you gave us three points there. Walk us into what we as novices in prayer need to embrace in our hearts and our minds our chakras, what do we need to experience and embrace, or how do we get there, which is the beginning steps of, of, of interfacing with this type of energy? Walk us there. Well, I, I think um, the, the first important point is to have an understanding of what prayer is. I think if we know what prayer is, we'll be more open to it having an effect. And in the traditional sense, in the past, people used to think that prayer was basically asking a greater source, um, God, um, to help them in their life or help a loved one in their life. And so you, you're, you're, you're asking, you know, please help me or please help my wife or my family or my friends. Um, and that's not, that, that's not really the best way of looking at it. What, well, because we are all part of God. We're all aspects of this great oneness. And prayer, in, in prayer, we're we're invoking this energy, which which is given to us. You could say given to us by God, by the by the mighty Son, or etc. But we're taking this energy, and we are ask. We're invoking this energy. And so, for example, if um if 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 our mother is sick, rather than say. God, please help my mother. Um, and again, you can certainly do that. Um, but what, what's actually taking place is, is we're bringing energy through us and sending it out to our mother. And then this, this healing energy, this love energy, this, this great pranic energy will go to our mother and will um, go into her aura and will help her heal herself. That's the way prayer works. We're, we're taking energy given to us by God, but we're directing it to where we feel it, will, it is needed and will do the most good. So we're, we're, we're essential channels in this. And so the better that we can conduct this energy, uh, the, better that we, the more love we have for um, this destination we're trying to, uh, to help, the more effective that prayer will be. I think that, that's one key aspect to, uh, to understand. Hmm. Does that, does that seem yeah, so fair? Let, yeah, so I'm going to capture your sense of it. So the more that an individual understands that we are part of the whole, that we're part of this unity, that it, it isn't so much soliciting 
someone that that someone, some entity that exists outside ourselves, or someone that's kind of like our king, or our, um, well, I know that you know we prayed it the Lord God or our Father or whatever, but it's it's not this person that's away from us that might even feel estranged or distant from us. It is us communing with the ever-present connections that we have with the divinity or this 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 ominously wonderful delicious unity energy i'm 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 there i am take me walk me forward that's that's pretty much it Uh, to get more technical on it um the greatest source of, of energy in the solar system is the sun and so uh, there are those who would say that um, the God of the um, Bible is the sun. The Brahma of the Hindu text is the sun. And so that the sun gives everything in the solar system this, free, this energy freely. Um, it, it, it is this great um, God in the solar system providing us with this, this energy source for us to go through life and experience life so that we too can evolve and become a planet or a sun or an evolved being or, or a part of a, a planet or a sun, for example. It's this great evolution back to oneness with God. But so in the solar system, this energy is provided and then it's, we are then empowered or enabled or even um, encouraged to use this energy to build up all those around us whether it be a plant or an animal or or a life stream or a a mother or a starving child, we're we're asked to use this energy to heal and help and uplift all those around us. Does that that make sense? Yeah, I feel like I just walked into an Arthur C. Clarke childhood end to 2001 Space Odyssey sort of science fiction experience (laughs) when you talked about that. So. You know, this does sound a little bit like science fiction. So are you saying that metaphorically or energetically we are engaged in the the unity and that our solar system is among that unity and therefore it provides us energies that we can coalesce with and we can harness and we can direct? Am I understanding? Yes, that's um – Maybe we, if we go back, uh, I'm not sure if we want to go back another step, but um, okay, yeah. go back. A, if you want to go back another step, basically the whole universe is one great entity. It's, it's the one. It's the absolute. It's the Brahman with an N of the Hindu texts. One great entity, and we are all aspects of this one great entity. This one. This one God, if you will. And. Back in the beginning of time, this great entity split itself up into multitudinous forms. We've got, throughout the universe, you've got billions of galaxies, and each galaxy billions of suns and trillions and trillions and trillions of life streams all over the, all over the, the universe. And all these beings are an aspect of this one entity. And there's this, all of us, all of these things are evolving back through experience to become again, conscious aspects of this God, which were already aspects, but then we're going to become conscious aspects of this God. And the great force that pushes us all back is the force of karma. As you sow, so shall you reap. What you put out, you get back. Action and reaction are opposite and equal. And that, that's, that's the overall um, philosophy of what's happening in the universe. Now, as we are part of this universe one of the great aspects of our experience in moving back to this conscious oneness is to realize that we are, you could call us almost gods in training. And so it's up to us to collect this energy, in in the case of the solar system from the sun, and use it to help others all around us. Um, Our enemies as much as our as our friends, because we're all one. There's no one more distance. Um, the, the enemy is just as close to us, really, as our brother, because we're all we're all we're all one. We're all part of this great aspect. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh yes, absolutely. So I'm thinking about some. You know, I'm thinking about the Christian Judeo background of most of our listeners, and I'm thinking about when Christ said. Uh, you are the sons of God, just as I am the sons of God. That that passage really kind of confuses so many people, right? Or greater greater gifts, greater things than this will you do 
like Christ right. is shaking and saying, don't you realize that you look at the miracles I do, but don't you realize these miracles are your miracles to, to express? And even more so, don't live in the smallness of this. You know, exactly. it, it's, yeah, this embracing of it. All the religions have su- such a beautiful spark to them. They all have compassion and love with, within them. They're just... And empowerment, too. I mean, you're really talking empowerment. about empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. So, yes. Okay, so now people are going to probably have to kind of rework some of their understanding of theology and divinity and what their pastor would say or what their rabbi would say or, or you know, whatever well, is their external source to kind of think this through. But if we go to the next phase of prayer, and now we know that prayer isn't about reaching out to an entity that exists way far away from us and doesn't even really understand what we're going through but we instead see prayer as the solicitation of these energies that oh I don't know are they energies or this consciousness that we are part of this great divine consciousness and therefore what are we doing we're talking to the all that we are a part of and asking it to inspire people to evolve to inspire people to okay take it away well, we're, um, it, it's kind of a combination. Thing. The, the, the mental process is, is an aid. In other words, um, it, go back, going back to my uh, example before, if my mother is ill and I want to help my mother, um, what's really happening, whether, whether you say, oh, oh, God, please help my mother, okay, um, or if you... Um, detach from that, and you just hold up your hands and try and send to your mother as much love and light as you can. Both of those are actually accomplishing the same thing. You're sending energy from your heart center to your mother. In other words, you're bringing energy from the mighty sun, all right, through yourself, through your psychic centers, and you're sending this love energy to your mother. Whichever way you do it, that's what happens. Um, And so... The more the key is the more love that you can you can. In other words, if if you can if you can have more love by asking God to help your mother than you can just sending a beam of energy to your mother, then that will actually work better. The key is having that love that that creating that 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 feeling within you that you really want to help your mother, and even more importantly, that you know that this will help your mother. Okay. Um, either way works, uh, but what's actually happening is you are sending energy from your heart center, from all this energy around the world, from the sun to your mother, who will then um, use this energy within her aura, and it will, will it will tend to heal her. Okay. So now you've practiced this on a much bigger scale than just one person. So you oh, practiced yeah. it with. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to bring us right to the forefront. I was going to get into this a little bit later, but let's just do this right now. So I wake up in the morning, and I find out that now there are 2,000 children that are being held, you know, really kind of kidnapped by the U.S. government away from their parents and being held in these horrific tents at 100-degree weather. And we're talking about babies, and we're talking about preschoolers. We're talking about young kids, maybe teenagers too, but that's not the majority of the kids. This is, in my mind, horrific. It is a violation of the very essence of humanity. So I am incensed. I am feeling this overwhelming frustration with the people in power that are letting this happen as if this has some sort of nobility to it. It's disgusting. It's inhumane. So I feel this accumulation inside my heart, inside my, 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 my solar plexus, inside my throat as I talk about it, inside my third eye as I just kind of radiate it. And now I want to just collect this in my second chakra of of creativity and just make this ball of energy into what, Brian? What do I do with this intensity that's built up inside of me if I'm part of the cosmic consciousness? What What do I do with this to effect a change powerfully? Well, on, a, on an individual basis, um, there, there, there's, there's two strong avenues. Um, one is you want to um, help the individuals that are in harm's way, and that, those would be the children and the parents that have been separated from their from their children, and so you want to help them. 
Okay, and so the, what you would do in that way is you is you would request this energy um, be be sent through you um, to all the um, uh, children who who are who are being held captive virtually, how you want to say it. Um, so that they might feel the warmth and the love of God and they might be comforted and they might be healed, they might be protected. So you, you form your prayer in that way for them. And then once you form that, that, make those statements, then keep your hands raised and just feel the energy flowing through you out to that, that um, focal point. Okay? Now, what actually then will happen again, just to keep it on the scientific level, some will help some people, is that this energy then is collected by what's called the Devic Kingdom uh, or, or the, um, the, the nature spirits. And they will then, it's their job to get your energy to the people that you are requesting are helped. So then they will do that. Now, the other way of going and you can do it at the same time, is you can send um, energy and love to the authorities that are creating this situation. And one thing you never want to do is you, is you never want to try and inf inflict your will upon another person. So you don't say, you don't ask God, or you don't ask the powers that be that, that these people's minds will be changed so they will no longer do this. See, that's black magic. You don't want to do that. The way you would do that is you would say, please uplift these beings, uplift the Trumps and, and, the, and the Sessions who are making these decisions, uplift them so they are open to their higher self, so they are open to, to the powers of Almighty God, so they might make the best decisions they can for all people concerned. So then you, you leave it in God's hands to help them understand the right thing to do. But I have to kind of pause you there, Brian, because if I'm leaving it in God's hands, but you're telling me that I am part of God, is it not Correct. in my hands? I mean, I, by, by mere... It is in you your know, hands. Yes, logic, see, right? <laughs> I'm not, it's, it's, I'm not it's, leaving um, it in God's well, hands. Well, we're, don't forget, we're just one very, very small aspect of, of God. There's other oh, great okay. beings out there. Um, and even you know all of our politicians, believe it or not, are aspects of God. And so, but we also, our personality is is a, shall we say, a cut off um, to a degree. It's cut off from our own higher self, because our our higher self knows what's right, knows what we should be doing. But oftentimes, it's clouded by emotion or by anger or by circumstance, etc. And so we, we don't always um, know what to do, or if we know what to do, we often will block that and do what other people think we, we should do. And so you're, you're trying to help those, those people in charge to open up themselves to their higher selves, which really knows what should be done, and let, and let that inform their more normal conscious selves of making the right decisions. Well, it is. Yes, I do understand that. I'm wondering if, in addition, we might add that we do not have to feel at the mercy of whether or not people will be enlightened by their higher self or their divine self, because they may too be practicing black magic or be immersed in their own dark evils or in their own narcissistic blindness. And sure. so to feel like we are going to wait until people have enlightenment in order for good things to occur. You know, that, 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 again, just feels like it's disempowering. So this experience that I often have with people is that they want to pray on the behalf of the most benevolent outcome, and they feel like they have to kind of leave. You know, once they've done their prayer, okay, now I'm going to leave it up to, okay, now I'm going to kind of hope that that worked, or I'm going to kind of, oh, okay, now we're just going to like say, okay, we'll leave it in God's hands. And I am adamantly opposed to that. <laughs> and the reason is because it seems like that doesn't uh, embrace the very thing you're talking about, which is that we are the continued force, uh, the continued power, the continued collective. Um, and if you feel the strength of us to, to sus 
subservient ourselves to make ourselves less than uh, by saying, okay, now it's up to, now it's in the hands of, that I mean, that that to me is like where you where people shrink and cut off. Help me well, out if I'm misunderstanding. Yeah, help me. Um, there, there, there's two things, two, two other things. If, if the, again, we can't spread ourselves too thin, but if, if we've chosen um, a particular subject that we really feel is, is warrants our focus and our attention and our time and our energy, then right. you, you do, the, do the prayers. Um, you, and it, isn't, it, is, it is an important um, magical ritual to then detach from that prayer. You do the prayer, then you, you let it go. You detach from it. Then you might do it again tomorrow. Then, but each time you do it, you detach from it. Now, the next thing, that, again, if you feel it, it's enough uh, worth your time and energy, then put your, your time and energy into it. Write your letters. Make your phone calls. Do your um, um, uh, you know, protests and whatnot. To, to, cause then, then you're, in effect, you're, you're strengthening your prayer by putting into action your own practical action to um, affect the same cause that you made your prayer for. It absolutely, yes, it does. So now tell me, though, let's go back to that, you have to release the prayer. What is the attitude science philosophy behind it's important to release the prayer? What's the mechanism behind that process? Uh, the, the, um, The point there is, uh, because you have absolute belief, right, that your prayer will work, then you detach from it. You see, if you're, if you're constantly kind of checking out, is this working? Is it, you keep checking on it. it it's, it's, in a way, it's demonstrating that you aren't really um, sure that what you've done will work. Okay. So in the process, so I'm thinking about this, in the process of doing the prayers, I will be emphatic and I will go to, if I have the opportunity time, if I, or if I make the opportunity time, I will go to the extreme of until I feel like I am done and I have this mm-hmm. sense of completion inside me. And then at that point I say, okay, that's enough for now. I am done. Mm-hmm. I have a, a presence of completion. And, I, and it does feel as if it kind of releases, like I've let a, a, a harmed bird that's now healed out back into the wild to go and live their life fully. It feels like, okay, I'm done. I'm done healing your broken leg you, and being part of your life, and you are now free to go. It's that sense of being done, like a parent's done raising a kid, if that ever happens. You know, it's, it's like, there's that sense of kind done. Of, yeah, it, it, it's more of a smaller done because you – you know, you, let's, let's face it, if, if we do a prayer that um, everyone in, in, uh, in, in Africa no longer will be starving, clearly, you know, that's not going to happen with, with one prayer. Um, but what, what you're saying is that the energy that I've released, the energy that, I, that I've invoked and have sent, I am confident that that will do a tremendous amount of good. You let that go. Then you might, you might do it again in an hour later or the next day, or, or that night. Um, and then do the same thing. You invoke this energy, make it as powerful, as, and put as much love as you possibly can into it, um, as clear a visualization of, of your mother being well or, or whatever, and then you let that energy go, um, and then you detach from it. Uh, and then you might do it again in an hour or two or, or a day or two. Okay. So it's interesting. So it's, a magical, it's, it's a magical ritual. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's magic. It's magic. Hmm. Okay, let's describe that a little bit more. Why is it magic? Well, because you're um, you're sending energy, uh, and magic is, is a manip- manipulation of energy, um, either good or bad. And we only deal in white magic, um, and that's what everyone, everyone should deal in, because we're, we're gods in training. And so, uh, anytime you you're invoking energy and then you're sending it along its way, that that you, you can call that magic. It's it's a manipulation of energy. Where does this sense of living subservient uh, come from, subservient to an image of God, subservient to nature, subservient to a higher power, subservient to a human being? Where does that experience of subservience either not coalesce with this type of energy or 
uh, function side by side? Where does subservience, the energy of subservience go? Well, it's, um, I suppose that you, that's interweaved to all of this. Um, because remember, the energy that we're invoking is from this greater being, the sun. Okay? And so it's, it's by, so we, we, we have a, a ritual called um, the 12 blessings, which we do uh, every day. We recommend people do it every day, and it can be done in 10, 15 minutes. And you, you send um, blessings, it's given by the Master Jesus, you, you send blessings to all these beings that allow us to be here. Um, so you send energy to the Mother Earth, um, to the Mighty Sun, to the galaxy, to um, the planetary beings, to they who love, to they who work for peace. So you're sending energy to all these, these beings and, and groups of beings that are allowing us to have this great experience on Earth. And so you, you, you're always um, aware of you, you owe your existence to um, all these other great beings around and but so that's in the background but then you have to do your job do your part and your part is to take care of those around you take care of the the people that are being separated by their parents in america take care of the the issues of the lack of water in india take care of the problems in north north korea so so those are all of our problems, and it's up to us to try and do what we can um, on Earth to solve all these problems, either with those around us and those in other countries, always with the background knowledge that we are here by the grace of God. But these other great beings that, that, that sacrifice themselves to allow us to, to go through these experiences. But we've got to do the experiences. We've got to do our best to solve these problems. Okay, so I'm imagining that a human being becomes conscious that they are part of this process. How? How does a person wake up to recognizing, oh, I'm a vehicle of this energy. I'm a vehicle of this magic. I'm a vehicle of, of this divinity. I'm a, how does a person begin to realize, oh, I'm, you know, they wake up to it. How do you? What's the wake-up well, process like? What does it feel like? Well, for me, it, it, it's a two-part process for me. Um, first, you have to get into your brain a, a, a philosophical understanding that resonates with you, that puts you in, in a good position. For me, it was the Ethereum Society, the Nine Freedoms what was the book that I read in the Ethereum in the Society that just explained how all of this works with the divas and the other planets and the extraterrestrials and, and the Jesus and the Buddhas and, and the diva kingdom, all, all this kind of comes together in an understandable mechanism uh, of thought and philosophy. So you have, you have that. You, ha- you have a, a mechanism which makes sense and, and is rational. And then you try this out um, energetically. And how do you feel? How does it react to other people? Um, do you start to are you, do you become more psychic? Do you become more a more loving person? Um, does this philosophy and this manipulation of energy does it work for you on a on a day to day basis? Um, and when you when you and that it takes it doesn't happen in a day. Uh, it just says it doesn't happen in a day. It, it takes it takes some time. Uh, some people it happens quickly. Some people it takes a bit longer. But you know, it it it, um, it will happen to all of us. Because we're all we're all evo- we're all evolving, um, and so I, I guess the short answer is it, you have to um, find a, a philosophy that explains this, and you understand, and and it, and it feels right. It feels intuitively right, and then as you exercise it through the breathing exercises or mantras or prayers or healing, as you exercise this. And you, and you start to use this energy that is all around us in different ways. And you watch it work. You watch it work uh, in others, and you watch it work within yourself. That solidifies the, uh, the understanding of the philosophy. Huh. You have a great deal of, um, uh, of confidence in that no matter what philosophy that leads a person to this experience, it will nonetheless lead them to it. You're not saying... 
there's one doctrine and there's one approach. You're saying you're going to find your own approach. Am I understanding? Oh yes. I mean, there, there certainly are. There, there certainly are plenty of bad paths. But I think that if you if you stick to the traditionals, um, if you stick to Buddhism or Christianity or, or Hinduism, um, Taoism or Confucius, if you can if you stick to one of these, like yoga, um, not so much the Hatha yoga, but the the greater yoga, shall we say, if you stick to these traditions that have proven themselves over centuries, um, then you won't go far off. Now, you, you also, with almost all these traditions, with a few exceptions, you have to kind of dig beneath the orthodox philosophy. Because the orthodox philosophy of Christianity is that a lot of stuff that you don't really want. Um, but if you dig in, if you dig down to the, to the uh, foundation of these great traditions, which is basically, let's face it, it's love and compassion. That's what mm-hmm. all these traditions teach, love and compassion. And as long as you, as long as you strip away whatever you, you're, you're following and, and you mainly follow and practice love and compassion and service to others, you're not, not going to go far wrong. All right. So, yes, okay, so that's kind of like your governing compass is love and compassion. Now, you also... Love and compassion also, and service. Yeah, yeah, you you also at the beginning of our program talked about the transformational experience that you go through when you are in the depths of these types of prayers, and that it's really kind of t- transcendent, if I can say that, or ascendant. What is that experience like for you as a person, both cognitively and uh, in your body and in your spirit? Well. We we have a we perform this this um, prayer um, mission called Operation Prayer Power, and we do that uh, in five centers around the world in New Zealand, England, uh, and America, and we do it here in Los Angeles um, on every Thursday night. And so we'd spend about an hour and a half with about I don't know thirty five forty people, and um, we'll have. Uh, 40 people doing it, 30 people doing mantra, a Tibetan mantra. And mantra is um, a, a very powerful form of prayer as much as it invokes energy very effectively and, 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 and sends it out. And so we form this kind of prayer, this energy field in the room, in the temple. And then we have people walk up to a, a battery which is filled with crystalline substance and we, and we do one of these 12 blessings that I mentioned earlier uh, which, so we pull the energy from the, the energy field from the mantra and we push it into this, this crystalline battery for storage. Um, so I can get into that later, but when you're doing that, I'm trying to answer your question, when, when you're doing that, um, especially when you're a prayer member in front of the battery because you've got tremendous energy flowing through you because you've got these 20, 30 people with this mantra sending it to you and then you're collecting it and then you're pushing it into this battery um, with as much love as you can muster. And sometimes you, you get into this, this state where you just, uh, you, um, even though you have to, you, you're rigid, you get, your hand's going to be next to this battery within an inch or two, and, and you've got this mudra which collects the energy in your left hand, and, and you're saying this prayer, so you've got to remember the words of the prayer. So you're doing all of this stuff at the same time. But when you can lose yourself uh, in this this feeling and and this heart heart energy, you you say the prayer like you never say it any other time. You 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 it's like you you allow your heart to determine how loud and how soft and how uh, the cadence of the prayer. Whereas if you did it like the next day at another place, you would say it not nearly as good because you 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 were immersed in this this tremendous love energy. Um, and your and your and your brain is like things. Even though like the longest prayer is only about a minute and a half, um, you it's like you're lost. It, it, time expands, um, and and you're and you're and it's, it's it's like well time slows down, and and you're and you're able to kind of just put more into um, the, the the short sentences uh, than ever before. Um, that's not a very good explanation. But I'm just trying to do the best I can. And then, then you <laughs> afterwards you feel you feel um uh, you just you feel 
tired because it's hard work, but you feel um, you feel lighter. You feel like you've accomplished something. You feel um, uh, happy, joyous because because you, you you've done something, and, and you just it's it's a nice, just a beautiful, pleasant feeling afterwards. Yes, I'm going to. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, so, how does the word, the experiences of ecstasy? Uh, I'm not talking about the drug. I'm talking about the reverie, ecstasy, uh, transcendence. How do these words come close or approximate what it is you're experiencing at that time? Well, <clears throat> I would say at times you get that. Um, but I would say it's only glimpses you get that, shall I say. And, I, and, I've, and I've been doing this for 30 years, you know. Um, but it's, it's uh, you know, it, it, there's such subjective terms. Um, and, you know, I, one, of the, one of the aspects of the philosophy of the Ethereum Society is, is, of course, akin to... Um, uh, your typical yoga philosophy, where the body is con- con- composed of, of the chakras, and you got the kundalini at the base of the spine, and the whole purpose of us being on Earth at this time in, in this physical structure that we have is to harness this energy in, in the base of the spine, the kundalini, and raise it to the god spark above the head, the brahma chakra. And when you do that, then that's meditation. That's true meditation. And when you do that at will, you're able to leave Earth. Um, and so, if you compare the experience that, that I've had and I described to the actual raising in completeness of this Kundalini, it's not even a fraction of that. You see, um, that that is what you know. People like like Yogananda would, would, would talk about in this cosmic con, con, uh, consciousness and whatnot. That's ecstasy. Okay, that that's that's true. Um, meditative bliss. That's that's the nirvana. And that that is not what I'm talking about. That that's something we, which we will eventually all get to um, through lives of working, through lives of doing these prayers, through lives of of giving our love and compassion to others. But as we carry on this this direction, we do get glimpses of of, of, a, of shadows of that brilliance. And it kind of keeps us going. It kind of it telegraphs that we're on the right path, that we're doing the right things, um, because you know life is difficult. And so when you have these little little glimpses, little experiences, um, happen maybe once once in a month, and maybe once in four months, once in a week. It, it, it all depends, and, and it comes to you, and it, it inspires you to kind of keep going and keep working and keep helping others and keep it, praying. So let's. It, 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 let's experience for a moment the frustrations that most people express, which is, hey, I've prayed. It doesn't work. It's just a crock of, you know. It's like, oh, just, oh, God doesn't really exist because, look, at he's not listening or I'm still stuck in this horrible situation. Uh, just as a caveat so that people know and so also we can put this in a context, uh, Michelle Knight wrote a book about her horrific 12 years spent kidnapped uh, sexually molested multiple times a day, hit and bruised also multiple times a day, uh, aborting babies because uh, the man kicked, a, kicked her stomach so many times that the baby aborted. I mean, we're, we're, I could go on and on. It's horrific. It's mm-hmm. awful. And she says in her book, one of her books, um, uh, Finding Myself, I think it's called, or Finding, I don't remember exactly, I'm sorry. Um, but it, it, Michelle Knight talks about how she would pray, and she'd pray every day. I found myself mm-hmm. reading that, and saying, oh, no, this is not, prayer creates, and prayer manifests, and prayer causes things to happen. And so when I heard her say that, inevitably we have to ask, why does prayer not work at times? Well, remember I mentioned uh, earlier in the conversation about karma as being this great um, force, which pushes and pulls all aspects of creation back to oneness. And karma is such karma is a great is the greatest teacher. And we've all had pretty lousy lives for a, a lot of reasons which I can 
go into later, but we, we, we've had, let's face it, if you look at the state of, of mankind, um, it's, it's a mess. Um, and it's been a mess for as long as we can remember. Um, people have just been horrible to each other forever. Um, and karma is, 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 is this force that um, as you do, when you're doing good things, you're building good karma so that you're, you're being helped because you're going the right direction. If you're doing bad things, you're building bad karma that will then cause you to stop going that direction, reset yourself, and go the right direction. And sometimes these um, pushes to get you to go the right direction can be extraordinarily painful. All right? um, so there, there's a, a, a decent analogy which I'll, which I'll give you, um, which, okay. which may help. And that is, if you're a bystander in a bank, let's say, and you see this person come up, you know, past the line and go up to the uh, branch manager, and they sit down, they're talking for a little while, then um, they both stand up, the branch, branch, branch manager whacks, whacks him in the head, you know, knocks him, knocks him across the jaw, and then the person leaves. And, and you might say, my God, that's horrible. This man just hit this innocent man for no reason. What's all that all about? And then, then if you are able to hear the conversation, you know, it's kind of a weird analogy, hear the conversation, and the branch manager says, listen, you are defaulting on your loans, um, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. I will erase all the loans, and you'll be at zero. All I have to do is just hit you in the mouth one time. And the guy says, yeah, do it. He's in the mouth. Now he's completely debt-free. He's got no worries. And just took a smack on the jaw, and he's all good to go. It's probably a horrible analogy, but <laughs> if you if – you, I can barely hold think, back the laughter. If you think that you know, life you – know, we have multiple lives, um, and, you know, if – it's, it's, it's also it's important to, to remember that there is no being that is inflicting this punishment upon us. It's our higher self that is guiding our lower self back to God. And sometimes we, we, we devise these somewhat painful experiences to learn lessons to go back to God. And if we can always remember that Every experience that we have is a blessing and a help. It's up to us to try and understand what that blessing and help is. What, what are we teaching ourselves um, in this particular lesson? Um, now, that does not mean to say that when you see somebody suffering that you don't help them. You always help them. No question. Um, and, and if somebody, if you see somebody doing something wrong to someone else, you always try and prevent that. Okay, but from a, from an internal me point of view, when bad things happen to me, rather than blame the person who's inflicting this on me, and maybe and not, not saying you should tell them that they're doing a good thing, probably they aren't, but think to yourself, what is this teaching me? Does that does that? Um, so, I, I, well, I actually really appreciate the way you're trying to navigate walking on the wall that you're on, which is, you know, so you're like 12 feet up in the air and you're walking along this brick wall and you're trying to keep the balance between not saying that bad people that are inflicting bad things on you are like a blessing. It's like that's, that sounds kind of sick yeah, that, and that, gnarly. That's not and, right. Yeah, that's right, not right, right. They're bad people, yeah. So you're, 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 you're kind of saying don't be long-suffering in your suffering just because you think you deserve it or that this is your karma, you know, woe is me, I have to take this. You're not suggesting that either. Um, no. That you are, yes, go, change. <laughs> go ahead. No, you're, 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 learn, learn the lesson that's being given to you. Um, and don't, it's, it's like, like, I'll give you an example. Um, another, we're, 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 we've all had this happen, is you're driving your car and someone cuts you off, right? Um how do you react to that? I was, and I'm not saying I always do this, 
the theoretical way of reacting to that is you honk at that person because that person did an unsafe action which could have caused an accident. So you honk at that person, but at the same time, don't try not to have a lot of anger at that person. Okay, I'm going to Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to take exception to that. Okay, here we go. Okay. Ready, Brian? Yeah. I actually, I actually don't find anger to be antithetical to love. Um, I don't find uh, rage to be antithetical to compassion. Under various circumstances, a lot of circumstances, I actually find anger to be the converse side of love because, it, not not converse, not opposite, but the other expression of love because it's often in the, the protection. It's like self-love. You're violating me. I'm angry at you. Self-love. Also, I'm angry that you would let yourself stoop that low because there's divinity in you and I have a passionate reaction to that and that passionate reaction might come out in the form of anger. A parent that suddenly gets enraged at a child that runs in the middle of traffic, that's anger. That one mobilizes your adrenaline to go and rescue oh, that no, child. I agree. I agree with you. I, yeah. I, okay. I, think, I think we're saying the same thing. Because um, like I say, you, you honk the horn. Okay? And I'm not saying you, you, you aren't honking the horn with a smile on your face. You're honking the horn because <laughs> you're, you're kind of you know, pissed. But don't don't um, uh, if you had a good example of of the kid uh, running out in the street, the the woman the the mother would be angry at that kid, but she's not she's not angry she's angry at the action of the kid, right? She she still loves the kid, okay? And so if you can honk your horn uh, at the person and be angry at the person, but still at the at the deep down state. You you know that person is is a spark of God, and so you aren't going to be you don't you aren't wishing you aren't wishing bad things to happen to that person. You're pissed off with what that person did, but you aren't trying to bring that person down. Okay, so in other words, if anger shifts you into mobility of everybody's higher good, whatever you define that to be in the moment, your anger isn't. Is, is of service to compassion, love, and to the unity and to the cosmic divinity. It's not in service of trying to tear that person and, and it, it, as yes. if you're the evil, evil force to bring them down. But at the other hand, you know, there is uh, um, an expression of compassion that if, my, uh, if, 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 if someone is beating up my child, I, and I now want to go beat up that person that's doing that, you know, to what degree, wh- where do we draw the line when, when my rage is actually a holy rage or a divine rage? You know, there's, you know, That's we, we often scoff. Um, yeah, the Old Testament is full of an angry God, and people are mm-hmm. appalled at that. And the, and the, and the animal sacrifices and, the, and the, the way in which he authorizes battle and combat is, you know, it, we don't really know how to take that that in if we're going to look at the Bible as relevant to a divine awareness. Um, so, again, you were about to say something. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, um, I think, I think you summed, up, summed it up well. If, if that anger um, is used to, for the greater good, and again, who's to decide? At the end of the day, it's, we have to decide that. Because we're the ones who are trying to evolve, so we have to decide that. We, um, we, we, and again, and we all make a, a thousand mistakes a day, um, but we're trying to, because uh, anger, you, you can't just, and it's no good suppressing anger. You know, you, you can, you need to control it. Um, and sometimes, as you, as you say, it's like if a person, if you see someone getting beat up, you, you have to um, pull that person off and, and go as far as you need to go to make this situation safe. And it depends on, on, on the situation at hand, how far you have to go. Um, but it, it's easy to let our anger get to a point where we go further than we should go, and then we're causing the damage. Okay, so we're causing the damage. You know? there's, that, there's that line in the sand or that line in your own self reflection and I think this might be a great way to caveat into 
talking about what you and I got to talk about at the Ananda Fest. I thank you so much for this concept of demanding prayer. Um, demanding prayer. It, it has an energy to it that's not subtle, it's not sweet, it doesn't feel like this all the effervescent, uh, compassionate heart. It feels empowering and it feels all encompassing. It is a um, demanding consciousness. It's not yielding, it's not subservient, it's 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 not requesting, it's not pleading, it's demanding. There, you know, to me, there's kind of like that energy of anger in there, at least the type of anger that we're talking about. What is that experience of demanding prayer like for you? Well, I suppose it, it, it really, it's, um, it's, it's taking, in, in a certain degree, it's taking the emotion out. It, it's, it's seeing prayer as, as, as a science. Um, ah. and so you're, 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 take, you're taking any, because at the end of the day, prayer is sending energy from point A to point B. That's what prayer is. You're sending okay. energy from point A to point B. And with a full knowledge that energy sent um, to point B will help. Will help in all ways. Okay. Um, and so you're, you're in, in a sense, that's, that's what you're, that's, you're, you're, demand, you're demanding that, that um, this help be given because you are taking that energy, which is given to us by the, the great sun, in the solar system, and we're taking some of that energy and we're sending it to point B, um, which we know will bring about good. It can't not bring about good. It has to bring about good. And the more, the, the purer that we make that energy, the purer that our, our love is, the purer that our visualization is, um, the more sure and the more, more good will be accomplished by that prayer. Beautifully said. Um, I don't know in the last remaining moments if you would like to lead us in that type of prayer. And before you do that, can you please let us know how we contact you and participate in some of your wonderful events? So we're going to caveat into pragmatics of knowing how people can contact you and if you're okay leading us in that kind of prayer. Well, you can certainly uh, go to our website at ethereus.org, which I think they, they can find through your website. Um, and you can send an email to myself, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at ethereus.org. Um, we also have a, uh, an experiential class coming up on July 14th, Saturday, July 14th, which we, we teach um, a half an hour of philosophy and a half an hour of practice so we can actually feel the energy, and then along with the, with the social aspect before and after where we talk about it individually and we have a bit of food and whatnot. So that's uh, on July 14th. Um, and then I invite people to, to come to Operation Prayer Power in Hollywood. Again, you can find information on our website. But every Thursday night at 7.30 in Hollywood, and we have parking, you can come and experience um, that for yourself, see if it's of interest to you, see what you feel. It's all, it's all, it's all about feeling. You've got to feel it. If you don't feel it, nothing's happening. You've got to feel it. Um, I think that's enough of that. Then should we do a, a quick prayer then? Yes, and thank you so much for your time. Yes, lead us. We're right here. Let's go. (laughs) O divine and wondrous Brahma, O that which is behind all things, we ask at this time that thy love, thy light, and thy infinite protection flow to all the undocumented children who are now being held against their will in America. May they be soothed May they be protected. May they feel thy warmth within them. And we ask, Almighty God, that those who are causing this situation to take place, we ask that these people be open to their higher self, be open to the great love of Almighty God, so that they might make the right decisions in these matters. Om, om, om. Om om om, om om om, it is done. Wow. That's powerful, and it was simple, fast. Why? Simple is good. Simple is the best. Simple is the best. Oh, you made me... Pardon me? 
then you don't get yourself all in trouble in your prayer. <laughs> Keep it simple. <laughs> I thank you so much for uh, guiding us in this one. This discussion is endlessly valuable and needs to be endless because there's so much to it. Brian, it's been a real joy, like Carol. Say? I really appreciate oh, it. Good. Oh, good. Thank you so much, everybody. You can contact Brian, as he said earlier, and I'm just going to spell Aetherius for those of you that are listening and want to know, how do you spell Aetherius? A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S dot org. And a wonderful, wonderful time. Any pithy words to leave us out here with? Just remember um, compassion and love and service. Uh, Those are the keys to life, and as long as we all stay on that and move towards that, we're going to make it. Yeah, we're going to make it. Oh, Brian, thank you so much. And everybody, remember, compassionate work. All right, Brian, you've been a dream. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.